0: You're listening to a monorail news production. Now, get ready to step into the magic.
1: Hello and welcome to Magic Time. This week we have with us Kara Lindsay, otherwise known as Catherine from Disney's Newsies on Broadway, and Glinda from Wicked. She's really, really awesome. Now, please do excuse the audio quality, because I had to record it on my phone while I was out and about. I wasn't sitting down at my console that I'm using to record this right now. But I won't keep you any longer, and let's jump right into the interview.
2: So I kind of want to start out by asking you about how you got into Broadway theater or musical theater in general.
0: Oh goodness. Well that was a long time ago, but I started doing competition dance when I was younger and my middle school was doing Pirates of Penzance and they needed more tapping cops. So a lot of my friends were auditioning for the school play to be in the show and since they were auditioning I thought, you know, I wanna hang out with them too so and I can tap because I danced. So I did that. I auditioned and got it and then Sort of the rest is history. I just began to love it. And then really, I just did it for fun. And then in high school, my drama teacher, Judith Ranelletta, said, You know, you could do this for a living. And I thought, No, <laughs> no way. I mean, that would be amazing, but is that really possible? I've heard how hard it was, and, you know, I've seen movies about performing artists and how difficult it is. So, I was realistic at a young age about how hard it could be and was scared of that. But I auditioned at a bunch of colleges, and I figured I'd leave it up to fate. If I got into those schools, those conservatories for musical theater, then it was probably the right path for me. And I got into a great school, uh, Carnegie Mellon, and they changed yeah, my life. A great
2: school. <laughs> yeah,
0: and that was really the only one – that I got into, and I auditioned at several, and that was a pretty telltale sign. I was like, well, this is a great one, and it makes my job easy in terms of picking a school.
2: (laughs) So, Right.
0: And they were incredible. They really pushed me. I was a shy girl, still am, but they really encouraged all of us to step outside our comfort zones, and I think that's the key to being a great artist. And. Yeah. And they sort of opened the door to everything else after that. My agent, who then sends me out for auditions
2: for things like Broadway shows. And so the rest is his history. So was it as hard as you initially thought? It was and it wasn't. There are so
0: many things you don't know until you experience it firsthand. And everything was just sort of unknown. And there's so much fear in the unknown. And so it's like part of me thought it was going to be really easy. And part of me thought it was going to be virtually impossible. <laughs> you know, when, you, when you're when you from a small town and you do a lot of the musicals there, you're like, okay, this could be easy. But then when you come into New York and everybody's talented, everybody has something right. wonderful to offer. It's really just a gamble. So you can't take it personally, really, because at the end of the day, it's almost like eeny, meeny, miny, moe there's like 10 20 people that just do the job very well. <laughs> so yeah, it's just you can't take things personally. That's sort of what I've learned. But it's hard because there's a lot of work that you put into something that may not you may not see through, you know, to the end. It's just the audition and the audition process can be long and difficult and you have to learn a lot of material but you don't get paid for that and you're right. sort of putting in the work to hopefully eventually You know, get Get that job. job. But, you know, eventually that hard work pays off and you make connections with those auditions. So maybe you won't be hired for that one, but the director or music director or whomever will remember you and hire you for something else or at least call you in for something because they thought, oh, they did a great job with this audition. They just weren't picked for the role, but I want to keep them in mind. So I find that like always doing your homework and always, you know, putting your best foot forward pays off in the end just to have people remember that you're reliable, that you do have something great to offer. Maybe not for that particular moment, but for maybe something else. There's so many things going on all the time. So,
2: Well, I can just imagine. So you come to New York and you audition for Newsies, right? That was your first Broadway show. That was my your first
0: Broadway show. Wikipedia page. My- yeah, that was my first Broadway show, but I did it. A- a few things before that that were regional shows. I did a tour called Little House on the Prairie. Yeah, and Melissa, that's
2: what you met your husband, right?
0: Yeah, that's how I met my that's, husband. What,
2: that's what Wikipedia page says. Ah, uh, Wikipedia knows all. Um, that's
0: hilarious. And Melissa Gilbert played Ma, and she's still very much in our lives and lovely and wonderful. And before that, I also did, I worked at Denver Center for the Performing Arts. And I did a show called Lone Star Love at the Fifth Avenue Theater in Seattle. And that was actually supposed to come into Broadway. But that was some drama. That was my first, first job with doing that show at the Fifth Avenue Theater pre-Broadway. But the marquee was up at the Belasco Theater, but we never
2: actually made it there. (laughs) There Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa, whoa. How does that happen? How do you get to the point where you're like putting up a marquee and it gets fizzled out? That that sounds insane
0: to me. Well, that's when it becomes Broadway drama news. I mean, there are a few of those that have happened where, it's you know, the funding falls through or several different things have happened with that. But for us, it was. It's a lot. You could probably Google it or Wikipedia, okay. Lone Star Love.
2: Star Love. Uh, with
0: Randy Quaid.
2: With Randy um, Quaid. Okay. If
0: you know anything about the current events of Randy Quaid and how he's left the country, then you might kind of, you know, figure out. Wait, what? what, what? Happened. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't really know. What exactly. crime did he commit? So many.
2: So it was, you literally have to flee to a country that like, doesn't have an extradition treaty. Well, he owes money. I think he lives in Canada or something now. Oh, okay. So he's not in like Bolivia or something. I don't know. Maybe
0: Maybe now. Who knows? That's a great question. It's just so funny because when I, it was my first show and I didn't know anything about anything really at that point in terms of how things work with the professional world. I was coming from school. So I didn't know any different. So I was like, wow, did everyone flee the country after? (laughs) Well, he didn't. It wasn't right after. There was a bunch of stuff that happened first before that. But all that to say, I really loved him during the process. I was like, oh, he's great. He's funny. You know, he's known for like the Christmas Vacation, the Chevy Chase movie stuff.
2: He was funny in those movies. And he's a funny Hard guy. I believe he murdered those sick people. people. No, not really. <laughs> no, um,
0: <laughs> no. That is actually one those, I mean, that you started.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's completely fabricated on this show right here. No, no, no. I
0: think he's a great guy. He just has some demons.
2: <laughs> okay. But you did your research, so that fell through. Then you auditioned for Newsies.
0: Well, no, then I did Little House on the Prairie. You did Little for, House on, Okay, I'm
2: sorry. I'm getting... I'm getting. For, a for a
0: year and year. Okay. Uh, did another... Well, first we did the Guthrie, then went on tour for a year, did... What's it called? I worked at Denver Center for a few months, and I also worked at home in Rochester, New York for two holidays, two Christmases. So, I did their Christmas Carol. So, I got to be home working at our professional theater in Rochester, which was awesome for two separate years.
2: And then Newsies came around. Okay, so, so what's the, what was the audition process for that like? Because I don't know if you've read, there's a cracked article about the touring company auditions. A guy went in and auditioned as a joke. He went in with like the, for the dancing roles in the show. And he's like, there can't be all that many men who can do insane that says, I'm going to go a couple of classes and audition. He's like, hundreds of people were there.
0: Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, well, this was early on in the process. It was before they really figured out what they were wanting to do with right. the role. I mean, this so Catherine Plummer was not in the movie and right. this was an additional new character and Harvey team sort of came in and revamped that for the Broadway stage and he's just a genius writer and actor and understands comedy and just, you know, how to develop a character and just was so smart with the way he implemented Catherine Plummer into the, into the Newsy story and really clever. So I, when I auditioned, I didn't quite understand who, they didn't give us a script. So sometimes with new, new shows, they don't give you a whole script to read especially because it may not be done yet and it's classified and all that stuff. So I received the script and there was Catherine Plummer and newsies and I was like, well, that's not, she's not in it. (laughs) Who is this?" (laughs) So I received the scenes to audition with, not the script. So there were just like three scenes and I had to learn and watch what happens, which is the last part. And so I sort of gathered what was happening and they give you a little description of who she is. So I understood who she was, but I was like, well, does." Is Davy's sister still a thing? Like, is she in the, is this Davy's sister no. also? Like, yeah. So, I, obviously, yeah, I was very confused by it all. But then it made sense. And so the audition process, yeah, I had to do those scenes. I had to learn, watch what happens, and sing a song on my own. And I went in three times. The first initial time uh, was just with casting and the associate director. And then it was the second time was with more people, the director, associate music director, et cetera. And then I did a work session. Oh, I guess it was four times. And I did a work session and then for everybody, including Alan Macon and Harvey Fierstein, Jack Feldman, all the creators and the producers right. and Tom Schumacher, like all those people. So that was you know, a little bit of pressure. And then we had to do a dance call. And in the dance call though, we did not have to tap. We, cause they didn't know what King of New York was gonna be yet. So we did like this jazz burlesque number. And within that dance call for the girls, we had to do a few counts of eight or whatever, where we just improv. So I grew up doing competition dance and was flexible. I haven't danced in a few years, so I'm not flexible anymore. <laughs> I mean, somewhat, maybe. But I lifted my leg to my face and I was like, this is my count of eight. <laughs> I'm just going to hold it here. And choreographer Chris Catelli, who won the Tony for a new piece for the choreography, remembered that, and then ended up putting it into King of New York. So that was kind of fun. Um, that was fun. Yeah, so then after that, I got the job, and it was it started at Paper Mill Playhouse. So that's right. where it began, and that's where it was going to end.
2: I remember D23, which is, you know, the fan club for Disney. They were offering tickets to see at Papermill Mill Playhouse with the understanding that that would be the only place it would go. Yes, it was. And then they're music. like, it's going to Broadway. You're like, that's great.
0: Yeah, well,
2: yeah. So they were doing it for licensing because a lot of high schools and middle schools were doing, uh, doing productions of Newsies illegally.
0: So including my middle school, <laughs> but so many. Did you tell the
2: people on Newsies that you performed a <laughs> uh, bootleg Newsies? Well, Newzies? I
0: wasn't in it at that point, point. and my school okay. did it, but I wasn't in it. it. Yeah, so they were doing that so that there was an actual, like, show that was all the time and in the correct way, and they weren't just, you know, taking it from the movie and writing it down so that there was an actual show.
2: Right. Um, Yeah. So That could solve a problem for me.
1: Let me talk to you for a moment about Instacart. Instacart is the number one way to have groceries delivered right to your door in as fast as one hour. It's really awesome. You place an order at your favorite grocery store, on your computer or from your phone, and it's there. Look at these split. It's really, really awesome. And if you join, you can follow the link in the description and let them know we sent you. You'll get something, and I'll get something. Everyone wins. Now back to the magic.
2: My younger sister, I was say little sister, but she's not really so little anymore. She's in junior high, high school, something like that. And I went to see, they did Newsies hmm And I was just talking to some of the people who were in it afterwards, and they all wanted to know, how old is Catherine supposed to be?
0: Oh, Catherine was supposed to be 18.
2: Okay, because it felt a little weird because she's a, a full-time reporter and also is so young. You know, just Well, more... that's
0: how it was back then. No, I know. Was know I'm seeing... to, I was trying
2: to explain to them. I'm like, well, you have to understand that, you know, it's kind of different, and I don't have time to go mm-hmm. into the whole, you know, explanation here but she had connections
0: yeah <laughs>
2: like when your dad joseph pollitzer you can kind of do whatever the hell you want
0: <laughs> well no you, i mean it was actually kind well, of you, awesome no you're guy. right you can't
2: but you have a better chance of becoming a reporter at 18 than yeah. a regular yeah. person off the street
0: absolutely
2: yeah 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 she has connections <laughs> right, she had to see a connection. Okay, so yeah. go back to what we were talking about with that Paperbill Playhouse. I've had to get that question solved, know, so I can tell Oh, yeah, all. yeah.
0: Oh, that's all right.
2: Uh, Jack-17, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah, okay. I believe so. I think that's how the breakdown was, but, you know, maybe people interpreted sure a little bit.
2: Sure. Okay, so it's open to interpretation.
0: Yeah, because, I mean,
2: I, I think they're young. They're teens. Okay, so whether age, et cetera, et cetera. Whether
0: you're 16, 17, 18, or 19. <laughs> it doesn't really
2: matter. <laughs>
0: but I think they're late teens. So Paper Mill, yeah, so it was there. And all the fan response was so amazing and I think overwhelming. And Disney was not prepared for that amount of support. And they were like, oh, God, we got to do something about this. And the fans demanded that it go to Broadway. And, yeah, there was so much support behind the show that it made it very easy for Disney to make that decision. So after that, we performed at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, which was so much fun. And the only time I've ever done it and really a bucket list thing to get to do. It was
2: amazing. Well, you have to get up at like 5 a.m. for that.
0: Oh, far earlier. So when I said I was in rochester doing christmas carol for those years that was when i was doing it so we weren't on broadway yet we had not even started rehearsals yet but we were performing at the macy's thanksgiving day parade because they had just announced that it was coming to broadway so i flew in on a red eye and just basically slept for two hours and then did the
2: Thanksgiving day. Right? <laughs> like, so go back to last on YouTube. You wouldn't know that but because oh, you're, of course, excellent.
0: Oh, um, you're so
2: sweet.
0: Yeah, so that was amazing. It's so worth the lack of sleep. And it was just awesome.
2: And,
0: yeah, so then after that, we started, I think, rehearsals in February and opened March 29th. And that was my Broadway debut, and it was
2: unreal. So Hilarious. you... Go from Newsy. I saw you in the play. It was really good. It's surprisingly political play for a Disney oh, yeah. thing, right? Well, like,
0: um, yeah, the movie was political, and also this is a true story. I mean, it's right,
2: loosely right. So, Lucy's based on a true story, right? Like,
0: yeah. And I think that's why there was such a huge response from fans, just from people. <laughs> like, it's surprising that Disney, you know, did a, a political show, and also that you know it's a timeless story. Of, you know, people with a lot of power and money taking advantage of people that don't have a lot of power and money, you know, and that's just timeless. It happens, unfortunately, all the time, and it's inspiring that these kids are so young, yet they have the wherewithal and the knowledge to know that if they all band together, they can turn bad into good and they can make their voices heard because there's power in numbers. So that's something that the, you know, the people with power supposedly and money didn't have. So they end up compromising, not necessarily winning, but I think a compromise it's is a win. It's uh, very
2: unabashedly pro-union. Yeah, well, I mean... And it reminds me, there's an episode, have you ever seen the I'm going to assume you have oh, at some yeah, point. Oh, yeah, of course. There's it's an episode where right. they form a union from like the 90s or maybe the early 80s when it first came out. And Lenny, one of the characters, he's like, we're going to form a union. and It's going to be great. And then we're going to go too far. Go too far. And then we get big and powerful. And then we start bullying the other smaller unions. <laughs> well, that's not the point. So hopefully that that's is- not the point. Right. But that's, that's <laughs> all I can think about when I'm saying it. I'm like, that, that one line, just was like played on a repeat in my head. Um, mm. I was watching the show. It was a good show. Um, yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. I used to watch it all the time. <laughs>
2: Because you Um, weren't done with it. You thought you were done with it, but you weren't, because they came back and made a movie out of it.
0: I know. Well, that was several years
2: later. I had done Wicked,
0: a couple of contracts with Wicked. Can we talk about Wicked before we talk about coming back?
2: Yeah, sure. So was it like uh, in my head when I imagined you jumping from Newsies to Wicked? Because that was pretty immediate, right? You came off one and did the other.
0: Yeah, I was doing, I did, um movies on Broadway for a year and a half and then received an audition for Glinda and I have been asking to go in for it because I thought it would be really fun but I was always going in for Nesta which makes sense Yeah, so I got an audition for that and it was for the tour and they don't generally they cast the tour and then generally they bring you in to Broadway from the tour if they're interested so they kind of let you get your feet wet And then bring you in.
2: Right, um, right.
0: Which is so smart and actually just the best way to do it. Those are really difficult roles. And yeah, so I did the tour for about 10 months and then came into Broadway for a year and a half. And I think that's when I did New
2: Seas after that. Talking to you now, you sound like if I'm really talking to Glenda. (laughs) <laughs> like the voice is everything I imagine I've seen the musical so it's, yeah. it's almost uncanny because i was heard the thing that you talk and I'm like wow it's not like oh. a fake voice um, <laughs> no it's
0: just it's
2: in my nose I guess I don't know
0: yeah <laughs> I also I, when you listen to all these people so many times growing up like I listened to Christian Chenoweth like crazy growing up so you sort of learn to sing by listening to them and right. Leah Salonga with her, you know, that she has a more forward singing voice. And yeah, so you just sort of learn from listening over and over again. So, I mean, I'm, and then I ended up bringing that back to Wicked again. So I think I did three contracts of Wicked. It was that, the time of my life. I, I would do it until I'm 85
2: if I could. <laughs> so how does a contract work?
0: It are they depends.
2: are they all typically the same length or no.
0: no, it depends. So because it's been running for so long, you know, they try and bring in the witches at the same time. So Alphabet and Glinda they try to coordinate their in and out. But it really just depends on what's happening, how long all the principal contracts are and they try to rehearse as many people at the same time as possible. And then there's also people that have projects that come up. So they'll have to replace a Glenda or an alphabet because they booked another job or because that was their contract was to only be a certain amount of time so that they could go to something else. Or so people are really going in and out of there a lot or they, they're able to stick around forever. So it just kind of depends on the
2: moment. So how did Disney reach back out to you while you were doing Wicked and was like, hey. Yeah,
0: we well, make this I into a to, movie. Yeah, I have to give, I mean, I'm, who knows, I have to give Jeremy a huge thanks because he, they reached out to him first, obviously, Jeremy Jordan. Right, so
2: right. So they yeah. reached
0: out to him and said, "We'd love, you know, we'd love for you to do this movie. We have an idea for, to do it. And what do you think? It'll be around these dates and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, I think he was excited about it and also said that I wouldn't do it. He said he wouldn't do it without me. Which was very, very pressure. Yeah, that's so sweet. And it's he's a sweet. Very loyal person and loyal friend. And he called me after and said, you know, this is happening. And I said, he said he wouldn't do it without me. So expect a call and blah blah blah. And I was like, that's that so sweet. But also, I'm out of shape, so it's okay. <laughs> it doesn't happen. <laughs> but I'm so glad that it did happen. And I think, I mean, i I'm assuming they would have reached out. They reached out to most of the principals to come back and do it. So it was really fun to be with Ben Finkhauser and Andrew King Bolger again and, and with Jeremy. So we were all back together. It was great. It was really, really, really special. And it all kind of came back. It was so nostalgic and bizarre. I mean, it's only been about three or four years, I think maybe four, but there's so many more things you learn because in theater you're, constantly learning new things and doing different shows all the time so that sort of was on the back burner for me because I had to do
2: it it or know any of it for a while but then it it really comes back it's bizarre so that wasn't all filmed in one night I assume no 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 it
0: was over so we rehearsed here for about a week just refreshing and going over music and really refreshing our minds and revamping a couple of steps in King of New York, and I, the boys had to fine-tune a few blocking things and other choreography bits because they were adding more newsies, so the stage was go out. And then the following week, we rehearsed and blocked in L.A. on the stage and with cameras, and then we did it scene by scene with cameras and with the directors. So it was a very slow process but a week long and probably about twelve to
2: fourteen hours a
0: day. And they spliced yeah. it
2: all together to look like it's one live performance.
0: Well then we did do a one right. live performance at the very end and they it's all direction and they also I think they used a lot of footage from that particular show because it just turned out to be the most high the highest energy. So they used a lot from that.
2: Right, because it feels like there's the applause at the end of every number, and they mm-hmm. really did a good job making it feel like it was all one continuous take. Yeah, fathom events. They know what they're doing. They do know what they're doing. And now it was a Netflix. Well, it was at theaters first, then digital, and then Netflix, and now Disney+. Mm-hmm. So you can still watch it, and it's still just as great as it was oh. when it came out, however many years ago that was. Yeah. And I know this because I personally own a copy on iTunes.
0: Oh, um, nice.
2: And I don't think I have a oh, year and a half maybe. But after talking to you, I'm totally going to go home and watch this. I I'll kind of tell people that's the only reason I do a podcast, so I can talk to cool people.
0: That's awesome. <laughs>
2: so you know, it's been wonderful talking to you. Thank you so much. Oh, for, thank um, you giving me um, half an hour of your time.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, absolutely. Thank you. Is it already been a half an hour? Amazing. Yeah, I think so. Wow. Well, time you
1: <laughs> Yes. Thank you so much, Tara.
0: Thank you.
1: Well, folks, that's our show for this week with Kara Lindsay. You can follow us on all the social medias at at monorailnews.com you can follow me at Grayhauser and you can follow Kara at Kara Lindsay One on Twitter. We'll see you next week. Have a fantastic, great, big, beautiful tomorrow.